and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. Wait, wait, why are you going so fast? Are you on coke? We are already on interruption, interruption so one from Brendan. <laughs> Wonder how many we're going to get this episode. Um, Would you rather me have done it slower? I could do it slower if you want me to. But it just sounded really fast. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. <laughs> I'm your host, Gail. We are today with me. I have Ian with two E's. Ian, how you doing? I am doing fine. It's super busy at work. I have zero time, uh, zero free time, and it's just hectic right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to die, but. Don't we Do all it. during the holidays? <laughs> Do, Do it. it. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time. It's like a stressful time if you work in retail. Jesus. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But you still log about 47 movies a week in your letterbox. So tell me about one of them. Uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Was that a roast? I don't understand. The roast of Ian. Um, well, I did did watch quite a bit. Uh watched Let's stick to a couple. Okay, just a couple. I watched Raw from a French... It's a French movie from 2016. I liked it. Next. Uh, I watched Judge Dredd mm. from 1995. Uh, I knew you would say that. I am the law. Double whammy. I watched Unleashed. Another Jet Li film. Still kicking. And I'm going to watch one... I'm going to watch a couple more before this year ends. Just so I can... So I can get that uh, actor cred up on my letterbox stats. Uh, Unleashed, though. It was very right. similar to this movie that we watched for the cast, right? You know, there are similarities. But like... <laughs> no. I watched... <laughs> Next story. Jesus. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, I watched the second movie of my um, Yokai Monsters Aero Video collection that I have, which is The Great Yokai. No, wait, The Great Yokai War. Is that the one that I watched? No, I watched The Spook Fair. It's, it's logged. The, the title is wrong in Letterboxd. It's called. Uh, I'm so confused right now. I'm sorry. I just got hit with. Everything and nothing. Anyways, it was good. I liked it. A lot of yokai, a lot of uh, a lot of costumes. It was fun. I also watched a Taiwanese film. And you know how I like those Taiwanese films, Kyle. You know yeah, how I, do. I like them. I do. I know. And <laughs> this one was called Dream House from 2010, and it was uh, it was. Colobos esque. Oh God! What's <laughs> up? <laughs> Meaning, like the only redeeming qualities to it were the kills, but it had really, really good kills, and it wasn't as bad as Colobos. But the um, I don't know it was very unique. The kills were very creative and unique, and uh, I I would recommend. I would recommend. And lastly. 
I watched Piercing on Netflix from 2018. On, on Netflix? <laughs> You've been Netflixed. <laughs> Fucking Netflix that shit. Uh, which is from the director that we are covering. And what's their name? Nicholas Pesci. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey. Related to Joe? Different out of, spelling, out of curiosity, maybe. which movie did you enjoy more? The Eyes of My Mother or Piercing? Or Piercing or <laughs> The Grudge 20? Oh, damn it. You beat me to it. I was going to say The Grudge. <laughs> no, I'm just talking about Piercing. I'm not talking about The Grudge. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Good talk. And also with me today, we have the new blood, Brendan. Brendan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I've been feeling pretty worthless lately. I've been having this reoccurring dream the past couple weeks that I like. Talk to I me. Get, talk to that I get like shot like 20 times. And in every dream, I look at the person and I'm like, enough. You've shot me 20 times. I'm going to die. And then they shoot me one more time. Um, shoot me, baby, one more time. It's like Groundhog Day. Okay, just me here spilling out my guts, but whatever. Literally. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been feeling pretty weird recently. I don't know. I have that, a couple questions. I, I have a couple okay. questions. Okay. Um, number one, is it really 20 shots or are you just like ballparking? Because it's a lot. And so I'm you just ball, I'm ballpark and it's it's at least a clip and it's a handgun, so at least sixteen. Do you ever make out the face? What do you mean at oh, least yeah, yeah, sixteen? Yeah, it, it's always a different person. It's always a different person. Hmm. I wonder what that could mean. Yeah, I not not a single clue. That's pretty dope, actually. Is, Is it? it in the same setting every time? No, it's always different. Different location, different killer, always twenty shots. At least, Interesting. or or if not twenty, very close to. Well, that's a shitty, uh, shitty dream to uh, have on standby. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so, talk to me. We're getting into the holidays, and you're feeling down. Why? I don't know, man. It's just I've never been big into it. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it or if the dreams are completely separate from all of that, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, it's just been a lot. I'm sorry to hear that you're going to do that, man. Yeah, it's um, okay. But I watched this movie. Ooh, and I watched a few other things recently. Cheap? Like what, Brendan? <laughs> um, well... It's funny that you asked that. Let's see. Let me pull up the message that I sent Kyle when he asked what we've been watching. Um, so I'm going to start with my least favorite and then go up to my favorite. Um, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Nicholas Cage, oh, baby. Yeah. There was... Oh, my God. There was... I wanted to enjoy this movie so much. I wanted to prove Ian wrong. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I mean, I always want to be in wrong, but yeah, yeah. But like with that, I, I really want to enjoy that movie. I I dig Sion Soto. Um, I, I I dig a decent amount of his stuff. 
And I wanted this movie to have you guys ever seen like the good, the bad, and the weird? Yeah. I, I kind I was kind of hoping like it would be like that. And and to an extent it sort of was, but it was nowhere near as good as that. Um it's just Nicolas Cage really phones it in. The the acting for everyone is terrible. Sophia Batella, I love her, but she has nothing to work with in this, and she just falls flat because of it. The action was terrible. Actually, I should say there was no action in it. It's about this commune who has a bunch of people who have a rope attached to a clock, and their sole purpose is to not let the minute hand move because the last time the minute hand moved there was a nu- or there was a nuclear apocalypse so they think that if they let the minute hand move again another apocalypse isn't going to happen but it already fucking happened so like what are you doing not what i was expecting i yeah. was actually really excited for that movie i'm not really too sure why cuz i'm not like super into the director or anything but um, the trailer it was just, looked awesome. Yeah, it, well, that's probably just really what it was. Is it's Nick Cage in a dope trailer, and I was like not super stoked, but I was looking forward to it. So it sucks to hear that it was kind of uh, bad. Yeah, um, I don't recommend. I think I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember what I gave it on Letterbox, but I think it was like two stars. I get two. Like a two, two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and for me, that's that that's. A hard thing to That's, do. That, that must be a zero, like in a Brent, in a Brennan book. <laughs> I I, what do you mean I, th- I think I'd give it a forty percent. <laughs> I don't know what that what that translates what I mean that to on Letterbox. Kind of, he gave Halloween kill. Now I'm not. Even, I'm not even gonna. He gave Halloween kills a five out of five. It's yeah. my prerogative. Everybody's talking all this stuff. Good. Okay. Well. Um. What were we gonna say? So is it Ouija or Ouija? It's definitely not whatever the first thing you said was. Ouija. Right. So I'm it's Ouija. 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 Where have Ouija. you ever seen that pronounced? It's like Ouija. It's, it's Ouija, right? Yeah. It, stop. No, it is. It's Ouija. Are you? It's a Ouija. Are you retarded? <laughs> There's no I at the end. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good. One. Brennan, do you want to? Con- Are we just gonna what? not mention that? Not what, mention that, that I just dropped the hard R. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't hear it. Yeah, I said, what are you retarded? It doesn't end with an R. Oh, Jesus, Brendan. Hard R. As the woke Jeez. one in the group, you really need to tone it down. <laughs> Leave it okay. in, Mitch. Anyway. Um, okay, so Righteous Gemstones. I'll just start from the beginning of that. Oh, God. Um, God, can you start at the end? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um yeah, so the Righteous Gemstones. I just, uh, I just, since I have HBO, I just started watching that. Um, I really liked it because it doesn't satirize religion at all. It just takes a bunch of televangelists and puts them into a, an unfortunate position. I mean, it's their own fault, uh, the position that they end in, that they get into. But, um. 
it doesn't make fun of religion, which again, I'm not the most religious or at all. So that doesn't matter to me, but I feel like nine times out of 10, if you were to take a project like this, um, um, if you were to, if, if I mean, you were to talk about religion, sorry. Yeah. Um, if you were to take a project like this, most people would have it satirizing religion and, uh, Danny McBride grew up in a religious family and he was religious for a lot of his life. So he said that he didn't want it to, to make fun of religion. So I'm glad that it doesn't make fun of religion. Um, but at the same time, there are some very tongue in cheek things. It's just, uh, uh, John Goodman is amazing in it. Walton Goggins is fucking hysterical. What um, does Danny McBride have to do with that? Uh, uh, he, he, he's in the movie. Or the, oh, okay. the the show, yeah, he plays one of the lead characters. Oh, that's cool. Um, Adam Devamp, or Adam. Oh, Adam? I like him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in uh, Workaholics. Workaholics. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was a really good show. I'm excited. Uh, season two drops beginning of January, so I I can't wait to see that. Hmm. Uh, and the one nice. last thing I wanted to talk about was an actual good Nick Cage movie. I, I still want to see this movie. Do you know what I'm going to talk about? Of course. Willie's Wonderland. Cow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pig. Uh, Pig was absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean, beginning to end. Uh, it it understands its style at the beginning, and it just runs with it. And it is one of the most depressing and heartaching things I think I might have ever seen in my life. Damn, that sounds it, right up my alley. It left my girlfriend in tears and the only reason I wasn't crying is because Amazon kept buffering. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. Um, which which, which it took me out of it a little bit. Um, but besides that, like, I, I would say if Amazon didn't buffer as much as it did, I would have been bawling my fucking eyes out. Did you rent it? Oh, you're trying you're you're trying to hit all my hot buttons today, aren't you? Um, I rented it on Amazon Prime, Ooh. and then minutes after I finished watching it, Kyle mm. dropped the bomb on me that it was on Hulu. Oh, so yeah, not, not been... only did I spend money on it, but <laughs> afterwards I found out that it was free well hey yeah, you, you it went to a good to, cause yeah yeah, yes. yeah. yeah you know yeah. It, if if there was if there was a movie that i would happy to be be happy to spend money on it would be that i actually did the same thing with the eyes of my mother not mistakenly on on purpose but i did not want to watch it on tubi and i didn't want to watch it with ads and this is going to sound like really like but i have a OLED TV with Dolby Vision. (laughs) (laughs) And so I rented it from Apple TV. One, because, like I said, I want to give them my money. And two, I didn't want ads. And three, it looked phenomenal in Dolby Vision. But I digress. Continue. The moral of the story is I also gave the, the director and the team my money. So. I thought That's the moral fair. of the story was that you have a gigantic OLED TV. <laughs> well, it was. I just didn't want to say it. So. <laughs> Burning, continue. Uh, 
That's all I got. I watched the first episode of the new Day of the Dead show on Sci-Fi, and it's garbage. Oh, it's bad. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, fuck, I thought fuck, it would be. But... Fuck George C. Romero. George A. Romero, solid dude. George C. Romero, fuck him. He's just he's just trying to cash in on the fact that his name is almost George A. Romero. Yeah, like if you guys have a C in your name, just turn this podcast off. Stop listening to it. <laughs> Uninstall the podcast. Don't ever subscribe to us, please. Anyone with a C. Especially you, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, I know she's out there. I know she's out there. What if, um, what if what if Mike in Alaska spelled his name M I C? Sorry, was it Jessica or Victoria? It was Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. C. It is a C. And she's out there and we see you, Victoria. We um, see you. Yeah, I, I've been working a lot. I have not had the opportunity to watch much. I did I'm still continuing my Dexter journey. Almost done with season seven, thank God. And uh, on Thanksgiving, um, I actually spent that time and that day with my mother, and uh, we watched Freaky together. How'd she like it? She loved it. Um, it was actually pretty funny because we were just doing the thing where we were standing around, cooking, eating, just grubbing, drinking, that kind of stuff. And then she was like, hey, uh, dude, there's this new, or not new, but she, she thought it was new. But she's like, there's this new movie with Vince Vaughn. I love Vince Vaughn. It looks so funny. And I was like, oh, yeah, what is it? And she's like, it's called Freaky. And I was like, funny thing you say that. Uh, you know, my friend Brendan's been talking, or not been talking about it, but he's talked about it and said it's really good. And he really likes it. And so we watched it. And, dude, it was really good. It was really, really entertaining from it start has, to it, finish. It has no right to be that good. It really doesn't. Right? Right? Yeah, it really doesn't. And... uh it's it might even turn into like a Thanksgiving tradition where we throw freaky on every Thanksgiving. I don't even know. But That's so fucking wholesome. Yeah. It was uh there was genuine moments that had me cackling, and very few comedies do that. And uh there were oh, dope oh, so, kills so you, too. You, like so kills you, were awesome. You look at it more as a comedy rather than a horror. Um, I did, yeah. Okay. That's um fair. It, it's yeah it's way too non-serious in tone to take it too much like a horror for me but um the horror elements were fantastic like the kills and the gore were awesome um so i really appreciated the blend of the genres because that movie was very entertaining and i want to own that movie for sure what, is what's, your, solid... what's your favorite kill um i mean in the very beginning of the movie um uh, how does the one kid die in the very beginning with the uh was it the glass bottle or was it, yeah the wine bottle that mm, wine yeah that wine bottle kill was awesome that 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 cold open is it's it, it it's akin to like the drew barrymore uh opening in scream like oh totally it, totally it, it starts off so hard and heavy and it's it's so good. I'm I'm really glad that you liked it. I'm also, I'm glad your mom liked it. Tell her that I'm very glad. Cool. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely let her know. And yeah, it's uh, it genuinely knew what it was trying to be from start to finish, and it was just great. And like, I still say that Vince Vaughn scene in the car, oh my God, it's so perfect. I'm not going to get into it if you haven't seen it, because like the payoff is perfect of that scene, so I'm not going to say it, but it's really good. You know, um, his his acting and like I feel like some I don't mean to derail us but like mm. sometimes his acting can be 
a little over the top, but I feel like since he's worked with S. Craig Zoller on uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, I feel like his acting has just like been top level. Yeah, I- I've always been a huge fan of Hens Vaughn. Um, and he's dabbled in the horror game like pretty early on Psycho. too. Yeah, so it's not something that's completely new to him, which is cool. And uh, yeah, so that was that was fun. And uh, I don't since I don't really have that much to talk about. Some I'm actually curious to hear what you guys think of is uh, you guys heard that there was a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out, right? Yes, there was an image just released recently, wasn't there? Yeah, and I think uh, they posted a trailer, like a teaser, on Netflix's uh, Twitter. So apparently they're making, I think they're doing a uh, Halloween-esque style thing where now it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre original, and this new one is the direct sequel to this movie. Um, And it's by Fede Alvarez and like the... Oh, he's good. E- like the Evil Dead remake team and the Don't Breathe team. Interesting. Uh, so I'm curious. Um, so like there was an interview with him apparently as well. And uh, he was saying that he thinks that there's some movies in the genre that when they erase the entire timeline, it could be disrespectful to the people that made those movies. Quote, like that's a loose quote. That, that's a loose quote. But um, I thought it was interesting because then he kind of elaborated saying that he's not necessarily ignoring all of the sequels to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's letting the audience kind of depict what timeline they want to create. I think and that's fantastic. I think that's really fucking interesting. And I love that actually a lot. Because I mean like Evil Dead, he didn't it, like there were, you know, there were a lot of similarities between his and Raimi's Evil Dead. But, like, I can look at the 78 Evil Dead and I can look at the 2012 or 2013 Evil Dead and I can look at them as two separate properties. And I realize, you know, without Sam Raimi, he would not be making this movie. But I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at it as an Evil Dead movie. I'm watching as, as, uh, as te- as uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead, I'm looking at it as Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have the the Jessica Biel Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not looking at that as Toby Hooper's Chainsaw Massacre. I'm looking at I'm looking at it as this is a new retelling of the story, and without Toby Hooper, this story would not be possible. Yeah, and what's interesting is the fact that like it's like everybody's doing this fucking metaverse thing now where <laughs> different fucking timelines can all you know take place in the same movie because he was saying that like if you like the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2 this could technically take place after 2 it doesn't have to take place after 1 it's kind of just like up to, like i don't know how they're going to work that in to the storyline to where you could make a connection between multiple movies, even though they're saying it's kind of a direct sequel to just the first, but apparently they're going to do that in some some form. So, I wonder if he's just going to bring in some other characters from the other movies, like Chop uh, Top. Chop yeah, Top. That's possible. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any uh, anything oh. else to say about that one, Ian? That is Hold really on, cool. Uh, I do like I do like the chainsaw. 
series. I've only I've I've actually only seen the first two, and then the Jessica Biel uh, remake. Mm-hmm. Was it a remake? Uh, I think it was like reimagining. a reimagining. Yeah, like reimagining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really like them, and I'd like to eventually get like a set and watch uh, watch through those movies. Yeah, me too. I've really only seen the first two. Um, I haven't gotten that far. Well, well actually, that's so that's a lie. I've seen the you, uh, you haven't Jessica seen Biel. the the McConaughey Renee Zellweger one. I have not. Oh, it's terrible, but it's so fun. Did you know that Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger sued Shout Factory? No, had no idea. What? Yeah, because when they uh, so they did their remaster of the third one, I think that was like seven or eight years ago, maybe longer than that, and. It was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What is it called? Regeneration or whatever the fuck the third one's called. Mm-hmm. And then at the top it said McConaughey Zellweger because those are the two actors in the movie. But I guess they fought tooth and nail to get their names removed from it because they're so displeased with the movie <sighs> and the in the fact that like it's connected to their um their filmography. Yeah, Which, that's crazy. I, I think that's, that's I think, that, yeah, that's, I think that's bullshit. Like, yeah, you, you have to start somewhere. No one's gonna yeah. be like, "Oh, he was in Interstellar," and "Oh my God, Texas Chainsaw 3? <laughs> Never mind. Like, fuck that. Wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio in like Critters Three? Was Critters he? Two? Something like that. Yeah, I think that's that's where he started. When I I, I know it's the, it's the same thing for Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun. Oh yeah, Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, she was like a main Green. character in Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that, and that's a good movie. It's it is. Fun. It's not. It's not bad. Well, before we get into the movie, um, we we've already gone. We've already gone. Excuse me. Over the uh, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards for 2017, but I'll just go over a couple of the nominations that they were actually um, in. So, if I. If I butcher the name, I was practicing it before the cast too because I was like, I do not want to get her name wrong. But it's Kika Magalis or Magalheis. Um, I'm saying that wrong, but uh, she's the main actress in the eyes of my mother. She was nominated for best actress, lost against Anna Taylor Joy in The Witch. Oh, um, that's fair. Yeah, uh, but anyone would lose against her for anything. Oh my god. And the um, I actually like her. Did, did you know that she's my girlfriend? Really? Yeah, is this in your dream where you got shot twenty times? Or <laughs> <laughs> does your girlfriend know better? <laughs> that might have been who shot me. Yeah. And then it was also nominated for um, the best limited release film. Uh, it lost against the autopsy of Jane Doe, which I still haven't seen. But uh, the invitation I, was also I in there. See? And hush. So it's a good hey. year. Based on my rewatch of Autopsy of Jane Doe, I do think that's a better movie than this. Cool. I have to see it. I I, I want to, but just haven't gotten around to it. Even though it stars a uh, known woman abuser, Emil Hirsch. <laughs> like, allegedly. I just want to say no, that 2016... No, he got He got found guilty. Oh, he is did. There, is <laughs> yeah, there okay. there gotcha, is. yeah. I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> so, uh, 2016 is a good year. We had The Green Room. We had Witch, Don't Breathe, Ouija, Origin of Evil, 
The Wailing, Train to Busan, Eyes of My Mother, Hush, Imitation, Autopsy. It was a great year. 2016 was a really good year. Great year. Yeah. Really, really strong year. Who directed The Wailing? Ian. (laughs) I don't know. Ian, you directed The Wailing? (laughs) We all were waiting for you, buddy. (laughs) It was Nahong Jin. There you go. Okay. Oh, okay. I just haven't seen any of his other movies. For some reason, I thought it was Sion Soto. (laughs) That's disrespectful in every way possible. Before we get into the movie, guys, um, I just want to go over a little bit of housekeeping. We have a uh, Patreon, and it's over at patreon.com slash ruminationsradio. If you want to check that out, we have multiple tiers offering quite a bit of content. Everything from exclusive bonus episodes and privilege to our private Discord servers, among some other cool stuff, with tiers as low as just one doll hair. Come check it out, if any of that sounds interesting to you. And then before we get into the movie here, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Please enjoy a short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network. The year is 2043. You're playing... Fantasy football. It is championship week. You're trying to set your lineup and you don't know what to do. Robert Griffin IV and his top target, Will Fuller VI, have carried you all season, but they're facing a London Jaguars team that has the top defense in the league. Your other quarterback is a 66-year-old Tom Brady who's playing against the much more manageable Toronto Bengals. So you turn to Nick and Elijah of the 25 Yards Later podcast, a production of Sports Obsessive and Ruminations Radio Network. Be a champion. champion. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back. Today we are covering... That was such a good advertisement. I agree. You should go listen to that cast because it's amazing. Right. That was really, really, really fucking interesting because I was going to say the same thing. Wait, uh, so before we get into this movie, can I ask uh, what everyone's drinking? Oh, uh, Ian, let's start with you. I just drank 30 <laughs> ounces of water. Gross. Um, so I, I'm drinking uh, decaf coffee with uh, peppermint mocha creamer in it, so it's all Christmassy. Okay. Yeah, no alcohol, I'm sorry. But I did before the cast. Yeah, I had a, I had dinner with my parents and had a few drinks, and then we went to a bar and had a few more drinks, and now I'm drinking some Corona Light. Oh, there you go, some some uh, some Ronies, dude. Today we are covering the 2016 film "The Eyes of My Mother." We're getting into the logistics, people. The film premiered at the 2016 Sundance Film Festival and theatrically released in the United States on December 2nd, 2016. No shit, this was a Sundance? Uh, apparently. Wow, yes, it was. That's awesome. Good for them. And the movie was released by Magnet. Uh, the budget was $300,000, and it only actually released in 17 theaters, so that was its widest release. It um, grossed roughly 29000 And then from what I found for physical sales, it was roughly 102000 But mm-hmm. I don't think that's completely up to date on the reporting as far as the dates. They didn't have any on there. So, well, is, is, that, 
is that domestic or no that's worldwide oh that's sad yeah unfortunate wait it like it grossed twenty thousand dollars twenty nine thousand dollars twenty nine thousand dollars yeah it's not even a car no it is a car you get a car it deserves so much more in my opinion it's not a truck it's not a chevy i'd say it's like a mid suv wait so so pardon my ignorance is this the only magnet film to ever be in sundance that's a great question. I don't know. It, it, I know that that's a that's an un, un, an unfair question to ask because they've released quite a bit. Um, well, um, we could look it up if somebody wants to get on that. But the fine. movie was directed by Nicholas Pesci, and this was his first feature film. First feature crazy, film. yeah. For for a first, this is. This is solid. Yeah. And he uh, he graduated from NYU. Just a little bit of background on that. So that's where he came from. And he him. got like right out of college and just this was his uh this is what this is what he popped out. Um so I guess we'll get into what we think of the movie. And I'm gonna start with Ian this time. Ian, I know your letterboxed rating of the movie, so I have a general idea of the ballpark that you put this, uh, like where you put this movie. But tell me about That Is My Mother. Man, you don't know squat. I hope not. I, should I open with a question? Do you want me to? I want you to tell me what you think of the movie. initial thoughts. It's up to you. Just roll. I, I like this movie. It's, uh, it's very quaint. It's very neat. It's a very neat movie. Um, I think being in black and white and being at at the pace that it's at offers a very unique experience for what it is. Um, I also think it is it has a very simple story, and um, yeah, other than getting into the actual movie itself and going over the scenes and whatnot, that's that's kind of what I my overview thoughts of it. Um, what do you think this, like, what is this movie about to you? Like a deeper meaning? Like, yeah. Like, um, what like themes do you interpret? Loss, grief, um, growing up in a household, um, I don't know. I just I, I didn't think of that, Kyle. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the good question, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, uh, I was just curious. Yeah, because I didn't know if if maybe you had like an idea. It um, it kind of uh, hits home a little bit, not in a way of like me wanting to become a serial killer or anything, but just being but the an fact only that child. You already are a serial killer. Yeah, the fact that I've already grown up to be um, as this woman is in, in the film. But uh, no, growing up an only child and moving a lot, not having a lot of friends, um, you kind of have to figure out things for yourself and pretty much go off of what your parents teach you. And uh, I could really, really identify with uh, the main character in that way, in that aspect, um, if that's what you're asking. Uh, sure. It's, I'm asking whatever you felt. So um, 
That's interesting, though. Brennan, what did you think of the film? <sighs> okay, so I know I said I had a few questions. Um, uh, I'll start by saying ads ruin everything. Um, the amount of ads that Tubi put on this brought me out of it so, so much. That's why um, I rented I, it. I was I like, I can't get many ads. Really, I no lie. I got one every ten minutes, and they were like five minute long ads. Because I know this movie already, like I already thought, I was like, I cannot be interrupted during this movie. Like, <laughs> this is one movie that could throw off the entire vibe by just yeah. going to. A, I, yeah, I couldn't well, imagine. So I, I I think that that might be the sole reason why I feel the way I do about it. Oh, um, that's unfortunate. This so I. Again, I have a few questions sure. um, and a few things that I'm I'm not sure why I don't understand. But like, so I, I'm, I didn't get the black and white. That's one thing that I, my initial thought was maybe it was because they didn't have um, the money for the practical effects to look good. <gasps> Sorry. Um, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you are a disgusting human being, and I just want to let you know. I hope uh, you know I did turn up. The amount of times I... you burp on cast is fucking filthy. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, we have to keep a burp tally sheet of Brennan's burps. And I, see I, the, I, dude, it bothers me every time. Yo, we're going to start this on January 1st and then okay. go all through 2022, and we'll tally how many times he burps during the cast. I can't wait. I did turn away from that the microphone, so I don't know how loud it sounded. <laughs> Pretty loud. It oh, sounded like you were swallowing the microphone. So, um, so I I didn't understand the use of black and white. My thought is they might not have had a lot of money for practical effects, so black and white would have been a way to make the effects blend in better, which is the only justification I could make for it, besides a stylistic choice, obviously. Um when I watched this movie, I was not in the mood to watch any. Like I said, I've been feeling pretty shitty lately, which is it's why I've only watched. So that's why I've only been watching comedies. I've been watching the. I, I watched the Righteous Gemstones, Crashing. Um, I started rewatching Happy Endings. Like, I, I've I've been trying to find something to lift my spirit, and nothing is working. Um, so I I just wasn't in the mood to watch anything but mm -hmm. this movie was really gripping um it i wanted to keep watching it once i started but then like i mentioned the ads kept popping up and it really pulled me out of it but i mean obviously because we're talking about it i was like i have to watch this you know um, yeah. i'm so just I, sorry that it was like homework no, no, like I, in a I, sense, I, I don't want it to feel like that, but I did yeah. really want the movie to end. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that this is a really, really good movie. It mm -hmm. just feels pointless, and it feels like none of it needed to happen. Okay. Again, I really did enjoy it, though. No, no, that's fine. Um, do you just going back to my previous question? Then I, uh, 
I gave to Ian, did you interpret the movie in any sort of way, or is it really just like a... Well, so so that that's the thing. I was trying to think, like, what does this movie stand for? What is the point of it being made? And I get that not every movie that's made needs to make a point. A movie can be entertaining just for entertaining, but a movie like this felt like it had something to say. But I think just because of, like, my current state of mind... I can't, for the life of me, figure out what the fuck this movie is trying to do. Yeah, I, I don't know. Th- this movie was way more. Again, I really grounded like it though. You don't have to keep saying it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll we'll get to our reviews and we'll we'll talk more about the movies. So you don't have to keep setting that precedence, but. Um... I don't know. To me, like the first time I saw this movie, it just, it does what very few horror movies do. And like, as cheesy as this sounds, is like, it actually makes me feel horror. Those sound, dude, the sound design on this is, it made me sick to my stomach almost. Yeah, very high tension. I, I think I even uh, sent a message in the Discord chat. If Charlie doesn't shut his fucking mouth while he's eating, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Um the black and white I didn't think too much about if it was intentional or not. It just naturally came that or came off that way to me. Uh just the way the aesthetic of the movie was and the style of it, it just it never made me question it. Uh, so I never really was for or against like ha- like trying to go deeper as if to like was it stylistic or was it just because of the budget? It just kind of I don't know. I just kind of rolled with it. It's kind of like well, when you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, so, no th- that that's a good point. It it is something that that I should have just rolled with, and and this might be unfair to say, but for some reason, I put it on the same level as the lighthouse because they're both black and white films highly stylistic very few actors um very um uh precise dialogue but with the lighthouse i could understand the black and white because they're telling an old story and it fits stylistically with the four three aspect but like this i just couldn't find the justification not there 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 doesn't have to be a justification used no but i get what you're saying no i i totally understand what you're saying though because like there are there are movies that i've seen where you're just like what the like why did they put this in like this makes zero sense and I guess to me, what I'm saying is because I totally agree with what you're saying. It's just like I never had that thought, so it wasn't. I guess I just cle- like it, like it, it just checked out. Like it didn't have a negative or a positive. It just checked out. That, that's totally yeah. fair. Um, I I, th- but, I think if I was in a better headspace, I would have appreciated that more. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, I think this is a really good movie, especially for somebody, uh, having a debut and this is what they make. I think it's, I think it's a good movie. Um, and I was a big fan. It's almost like it kind of looks like it was trying to hit like every criterion collection movie box. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it's black and white. (laughs) Yes. It has cool shots. Yes. It's got a wide shot. Yes. It's got this, like, it kind of felt like that. I guess in a sense, if you want to look at it that way, I didn't look at it that way, but I could see somebody looking at it like that. Like it was almost trying too hard. Like I understand that. That's what Um, I thought. Yeah. 
And um, we'll talk more about that. But uh, it never came across to me like that. And it's just because it actually engaged my senses. And uh, like I said, kind of like made me feel like the dread of the situation, not what was happening to certain characters, but just like understanding the situation that they're in. And uh, it's just kind of, I don't know. It just, I can't explain it. It just made me feel something. But um, Ian, what, what about it? Is like, does it come off that way to you? Like it's checking boxes, like it's checking all those criterion boxes or like, what about it just didn't hit? Yeah. It just felt a little pretentious, a little, um, so a criterion to, movie yeah yeah um for what it is it's just a very simple story and i guess it did, didn't really need to try that hard like the long like the really long shots that are in this um some are pretty well done yeah, but others are just kind of pointless it felt like to me at least ian can i ask you a question go ahead how do what what was your thought on the black and white or did you not think too much into it and just take it for face value um i actually think it helped the movie in a way because it was a very simple movie and i feel like it could have either to make it stand out more it could have either gone one of two ways which were which was uh a lot of colors and shadows or black and white so 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 question for both of you then do you think that it would have hindered your enjoyment of it if it was in color mm. or, or what, that, that's also kind of an unfair question because well, we don't know what, what i will say like. what i will say to answer that question is i can't imagine it seeing it any other way now okay that's fair yeah i'll take that cop out as well <laughs> bitch um, <laughs> but no i think the black and white I mean, if you want to look at it as like it kind of is like establishing itself as a low budget movie, I guess you can. But yeah, just on an end note for that, I thought it, I thought it checked out. Um, I guess we'll just start with the first chapter, chapter one, Mother. Um, which actually, Ian, what did you think about them breaking it up in chapters or th- did it not matter to you? It honestly, I, I don't know why. It was broken up into chapters. I, I don't. I didn't see a reason for it. There was no difference in tone for the movie, or it just. I don't know. It, it was just a title card to me. Nothing more. Nothing less. Brendan, um, I personally loved it. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention about Pig is that it's also broken up into chapters, and the chapter titles are recipes that are cooked within that chapter it was so gnarly um you know i i love lars von trier he breaks everything up into chapters tarantino breaks up things into chapters i think it's a nice artistic flair um it gives you a little bit of like an overture of or, or i should say a prelude um of more or less what to expect mm-hmm uh which i think for a short movie like this it kind of makes it feel like it's broken up into three very specific segments rather than um just taking you on the journey it's it's showing you specific points in this woman's life and it's telling you which exactly. parts of her life so you you have 
you have mother, father, and then family. So it it gives you the three points in her life that mean the most in her life's story. Yes. Um, so I, I really did appreciate that. And I thought that that was, um, I, this may sound stupid. That was actually one of my favorite aspects of this movie. Yeah. Um, that was very well said. I, uh, there's, there's not, you know, certain movies can pull off the chapter structure. A lot of movies don't. And for the ones that can actually pull it off, it's, it's refreshing to see. And I can't really state my thoughts any better than what Brenton just did. So I, I pretty much mirror that completely. Whoop, whoop. Um, I did, I did like how um, each chapter was like a different stage in her life, though. That was really cool. Charlie. Well, so, yeah, so, I mean, what, again, so this kind of leads back to my initial thing. What's the point of all of this? Why why does Charlie come out there? Well, I guess it doesn't matter why Charlie comes out there. He kills he kills her mom. That happens. But the dad is just chill about it. Ian, you want to take this one? No, I don't. <laughs> wait, wait, you don't want to take this or you don't think the dad's chill about it? I don't want to take this. No, no, Ian, I'm asking this to you directly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well done. I, I, well done. <laughs> what do you want? Well, I mean, I, if you don't have anything, like, so you must have something to say about that, right? Like, if, like even if it's negative? I just think it's uh, the fact that no one has, like, any over reactions to anything in this movie and it's just it has just a mellow vibe throughout the entire film except for the ending um kind of uh it makes it a unique experience that i've never seen in any other movie agreed other than like um what's that one dude who who uh who directed those Stupid A24 movies. Uh, the Lobster and... Okay, okay, moving on, moving on. I don't care what you have to say anymore. You you do not badmouth Yorgos Lanthimos on this oh, podcast. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I am going to send Mitch to rain hell down dude. on you. I hate the dialogue. I hate the dialogue. It's, so it's purposeful, though. It's, but it's, so it's stupid. No, it's not. But there's a reason why... You know what? We're not going to get into it. We're art, not going to get into it. All right. Art, art is subjective, but you're wrong. I hate when you say that. <sighs> okay. So then, so Kyle, I have a question for you. What's up? Did, <clears throat> did you notice the one thing that she does? <clears throat> sorry. Uh, the one thing that she does to Charlie when he's tied up in chained up in the barn that carries over throughout the rest of the film. Like the, like an actual physical thing that yeah. she does to him? Yeah. Like one specific thing that has nothing to do with eyes. Didn't she jerk him off? No. Oh. Did she not, though? I'm pretty sure she no, did. No, she was a child. Oh, this is... Oh, okay, you're talking about... When... First, first part. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, the first part. Um... No, 
So, so one thing I thought was really impressive and super subtle, remember how Charlie is, so Charlie tells him, friend, friend, Francesca, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's she, Francesca. Yeah, she tells Charlie her name and he's in the barn. He's going, Franny, Franny. So she mm-hmm. goes out and cuts out his tongue. And then every person she takes after that, she cuts out their tongue because she realizes if she doesn't, as a child, she realizes if she doesn't, they're just going to keep yelling over and over and over again. And I thought that that was, that was a subtle way to introduce why she cuts out everyone's tongue. I don't think she cut out their tongues. She did. She, yeah, she cut out their tongues. But there were stitches across their um, throats. Okay. Okay. And I was, and I was specifically that looking for their tongues to be there or not. That'd be unrelated. Okay. She takes away their ability to talk. Yes. Ian. Yeah. But the dad was, but the dad was complaining about it. And then she went and she was like, yeah, he's not going to talk again. Well, you notice yeah. how so I'm, I'm saying that I liked the subtlety of that, that the reason why none of these people make noises anymore is because the first time she did that, she realized she had to remove any any chance of them for making any noise so to me i mean this like the okay so going back to the whole charlie scene um i guess this is just me taking it at face value again but this like it none of this had to happen but it did and we were there to see it because this shit does happen um and i think you were seeing just Another day in the life of a fucking serial killer, a crazy psychopath, and they were the next victims, obviously. But the more interesting thing is that it hints that she's fucked up, too, in the head as a young age, like at a really young age. And you got this serial killer that hits a house with an equal playing field crazy person. Maybe. That's my theory, right? So, yeah, but, but like, why, th- there's no setup to why sure. they are the way they are. But it goes back to your original point about how we're just seeing specific moments, important moments in her life. So, so do you think that Charlie killing her mother and her father's um, lack of response about it, besides, um, you know, taking charlie captive do you think that that is what clicked in her pre um uh pre her, her, her pre-puberty mind you know it her brain is like pre-development basically so she sees her dad do that and she's like oh okay this is natural i think my first viewing i would have said yes my second viewing no I think that the trauma of the situation did not affect the little girl's mind. I think she was already fucked. And there's she, like she did watch her mom do a surgery on a cow head. But I like there's little subtle things like when she cuts herself and then she's just rubbing her bloody fingers together smiling and just little subtle things like that that just make you go like that's not what a normal person would do. And I feel like that Charlie 
was just at the wrong, like they were both at the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, as far as the dad, that one's a little interesting to me because would you let your little girl go kill a man? So before she goes out there, so when he's yelling her name, the dad says, like, you're going to have to take care of this. And well, that's, he, al- that's already fucking really odd. He also seemed not to care about her because when he left for work in the morning, he didn't say bye to his wife or his daughter. He right. was walking towards the door. He looked back at them and just walked out. And he was late coming home, which is a point that Charlie makes. So was he having an affair? Was he unhappy with his marriage because he realized his daughter was a little fucked up sociopath? It could have been a lot of things. And I mean, that was already, so, I mean, that just goes back to my, my theory, how the girl was already fucked up. She was probably raised in a house with a lot of problems. So you're seeing like the evolution of a serial killer from like conception to her death. That's basically what you're seeing. Well, and there, there is the one, I, I, I can't believe I forgot to write down who said this, but one of the very first lines in the movie is loneliness can do strange things to the mind. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and in hindsight, that is very apt, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, For me, it kind of gave me the notion that everyone from Portugal acts like that. And they're this just so desensitized to everything. Well, the family's from Portugal. Yeah, but they, they, they live in America. So she grew up in America. When the kids in America. What's your point? Well, you're, you're trying to make a, a racist accusation about the Portuguese what? people. And I'm saying that she's American. Yeah, but her fam- she lives in the middle of nowhere and, and her family's Portuguese. Yeah, but she's grown Portugal. up with... with somewhat american customs has she though for the has she really though well, do you think she went to school you don't think she was homeschooled homeschooled well, for she's sure. fucking eight years she's old thousand percent homeschool has never most, seen another person in her life at the most she would be in like kindergarten i don't think so i agree with Ian on this one actually okay i All agree right. with Ian on this one everyone gang up <laughs> but on i understand you. what you're saying okay. i understand what you're saying <laughs> The entire scene with Charlie was creepy, weird. Some cool shots, though. Um, it had some cool shots. Uh, chapter two is called uh, Father. Wait, th- there, there is one more thing from Mother I wanted to bring up. Sure. What's up? Um, if I wanted cold, to, man. if I wanted to, if I wanted to go the route that you guys were talking about, um. Charlie asks, or Franny asks Charlie, why us? And his response is, you let me in. Mm-hmm. So if we are going by the the way that you guys are looking at it, she the way could. She could well, I think we're looking at it in different ways, Ian and I. Oh, okay. Well, so she could be looking at it as the only... Uh, the only communication she's had with Americans thus far have been negative. So she could assume she could be assuming that every person that she runs into is just like it because he, she says, why us? And she's a child. And he says, cause you let me in. So she could just be assuming that 
any person she lets in has the capability and the wanting of doing to her what Charlie did. The only reason why I would disagree with that is because she personally invites people back to her house. So she's obviously not worried about bringing people into her house. Well, she she could also, m- maybe she thinks that's what she's supposed to do where she lives now. Mm, but, maybe. But, but they, I don't think that's what they, it is. Though. She also <laughs> watches TV with her father. So I mean, you know. Her she, dead father. Yeah. Which, uh... Which, by the way, they were watching uh, House on Haunted Hill at the end. That was I cool. heard it. Yeah. Mr. Vincent Price. So chapter two, uh, I mean, she can't, she can't detach from her dad. It's just another entire chapter of like just showing how the like being alone affects her. Um, she kept Charlie all this time. Yeah. Could you, yeah, so could this you has been like 12 imagine years. 12 years. 12 and years. She she uses him as a sex slave Roughly. too. Yeah. Fucking jerking him off. Yeah, my first my first viewing, I just really I just really felt for those people. Cause like when it went to the next chapter and just seeing the age gap and just knowing that like imagining myself in a situation where I was in that barn for 12 years with being completely blind, unable to speak, not even being oh, dude, it's like crazy. But um, it's a fucked up situation. So I have two questions. Yeah. How do you we think she answers. killed the dead? No, the dead died naturally. But she said she but killed them. Yeah. Wait, did she? Yeah, she told the girl that Several she invited times. Yeah. Invited back to her house. I, I didn't know how to interpret this one. Like, I didn't know if she was just saying that to scare her. That's or if she really did it. Because, like, he has no physical wounds. And we know that. I mean, we know based on the experience that we've seen that she only really causes physical harm to people. So, well, I, I think because the dad told her to take care of Charlie, and I think that it could be one of those things where a, um, he couldn't deal with the fact that his wife died and that his daughter Is was, a cap- was capable of doing these things. Yeah, and I think that it was just too much for him, and he wanted out. Um, so he killed himself. No, I no, I don't think he killed himself. I just think it was one of those like you know how like people can die from a broken heart. Yeah, I I think that it just might have been that. I mean, he did get another like tenish years before he died, so he lived with that dude in the barn for like ten years too. Yeah, but um, imagine and not going in the shed or that giant barn for ten years because there's some dude who killed your wife in there. That's yeah. Crazy. Um. Wait, what was your second question? Oh, second question. Shoot, what was it? Dang, I don't remember. And it was the better question. Fuck. Come back to me. Do you guys have anything else to add for chapter two? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a really good callback from chapter one where she asks Charlie, why do you do it? And he says it feels amazing. Yeah. And then... When she kills Charlie, she was like, you're right. This does feel amazing. And I thought that that was spectacular. Do you guys remember the shot in the scene um, of his death and how the camera was set up and everything? Like, do you guys remember that? It was a long shot. Yeah, like through the door. Yeah. And then and like shows her walk it, off the porch and, and like walk up to him. 
Yeah, and then it cuts to a close-up of her stabbing him, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, the edit on that was really cool. Like, as soon as you saw him do it um, from the window shot or the door shot, like, it switched over it, to, uh, it to, like, in time, and it was really cool. It reminded me of that. I wasn't expecting that. It reminded me of that one scene in every single film class I took that all my professors showed from Citizen Kane where the doctor and the wife are in the house and you see the child in the backyard sledding. Okay, it really no, reminded I'm me of that. Yeah, it really reminded me of Citizen Kane. Spoilers. Isn't that oh. a Criterion movie as well? it's a garbage movie he's he's hitting all the criterion check boxes man i'm telling you the dude fucking the dude fucking says rosebud when he's dying on his bed alone and then the next day the newspaper says man says rosebud as he dies like nobody was there with him he was there by himself what the fuck are you talking about get the fuck out of here they just released a 4k though so that's pretty cool okay cool no one yeah now i'm gonna citizen kane and we move on to chapter three, which is family. Family. I wish this it was one... the WWE wrestler Kane. That'd be sick. That'd be dope. Right? Sorry. Right? I'd watch it. He comes out <laughs> and he just fucking choke slams everyone. Hell yeah. Undertaker does that that sit up thing that he does from the coffin. <laughs> do you, do you remember? The, do you remember that WWF storyline where they were brothers? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I. Thought they, they were still were, brothers. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought they were still brother. Brothers. They are, but it started with the WWF. Okay. Wait, so Spoilers. let's be clear. Is it are they real brothers in real life? Or is it just a <laughs> WWE thing? Did you did you know that Kane is the mayor of like a small town yeah, in Tennessee. like Tennessee yeah. Tennessee? Like, dude, fucking good That's for awesome. him. I never got an answer though about the real thing, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, they're totally real brothers. Gotcha. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. It's scripts of their lives, Kyle. Like, also can't make that up. Or can't make that up. See, see no evil. Kind of a good movie. Uh, haven't seen it. Kane Kane makes a very 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 good antagonist. Back to the eyes of my mother. <laughs> Part three. Family. What do you guys think? The conclusion. We're, we're talking about right up to, to the point to where she dies. What do you guys think of the, uh, the ending? Do I have yeah. to call names here? I feel it's like I'm like crazy, <laughs> bro. She freaking takes that kid and then she takes the mother Oh my god, that scene is brutal to watch. That is such a brutal scene to watch. Just the because we know the audience knows what's gonna happen. Like she's obviously gonna either kill the kid or do something with it, something weird. And she just takes off with it. <laughs> she, fucking, dude. she fucking jacks that kid. Oh my god. Such a uh such a sad scene. Yeah, it's just sad. It's just so sad. Like the first time I saw this, uh it it gave me actual like depression. Yeah. Um especially when she walks up and sees the baby on the bed. The whole like the whole shot where she crawls towards her baby with the knife in her back is just like while the baby's crying is just like gut-wrenching. For me, I don't know why that affected me. Well, I mean, it should affect any normal person, but I'm saying 
to me, like, I, it, it just hit in the movie, and uh, it sucked. But so, so there's a part where she's crawling on the floor, and then she grabs her leg, and then um, what is what is her name? Francesca. Uh-huh. Francesca just like casually kicks it over to her other leg like she's just not not even there. She's like, dead fucking meat. Oh god. It's gross. And then it starts uh or the movie ends as it kind of starts in a sense with the girl walking towards the trucker or walking away I guess, but um being found by him. The dude, ten years too, and that oh my god! So that shot where um, she crawls towards the camera from out of the darkness, I think that shot really is—it's a good shot. But I'm glad the movie was in black and white because the way it looked when she crawled out of the darkness, just it 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 fit. It suited it really well. Um, and then being saved by her own kid. Ugh. I don't. I was unsure as to why the cops shot. The only thing I could think of was that they were trying. Uh, the direct writer director was trying to do a commentary on police. What? She had a <laughs> knife and a kid. It did. Okay. Yeah, so, that, if if I was holding a knife, the cops wouldn't shoot me. They would. You do have every, a weapon, and you're going to do harm to another person. Yeah, but they would do everything they could to get the knife out of my hands. They yeah, would just shoot. shoot right away. So she, we wasn't, she wasn't holding the knife up to the kid. She was holding a knife. Sure, but it's all up to speculation because it did switch over and pan to like an outside shot of the house before the shots even went off. So she could have gotten up and tried to cut one of the cops. They could have reached for the kid and she, like they she sliced them. Like it could have been a bunch of things that could have happened because we didn't actually see her get shot and like the moment it happened technically right yeah but um who knows do you guys think it's weird that two movies that came out in the exact same year have opening and um have very similar opening and end shots no it's super cliche okay which other you're you're talking about don't breathe right yeah oh Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, well, I will say the opening and end shots of this aren't the same as the opening and end shots of Don't Breathe. No, they're not the same, but they're both... But they're very, very... Like the captives escaping Yeah, like the the construct of it. Yeah. Um, All right, well, um, we can kind of wrap this up. I have an eggs end segment. Oh, okay, okay. Unplanned. Okay. Not for me. Wait, wait, are we are we not doing is it fresh or is it frozen? Rotten? Is it fresh or is it frozen? frozen. Yes. You um, do get vegetables <laughs> from the freezer sometimes, so we are going to do that still, yes. Okay, good. Do I get an extra point for bringing it up or not? Uh negative. Uh, not that easy, dude. Come on. What was your um what was your tag? We are doing Ian's official disturbing scale. So I want you guys. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, no. I was digging it. Uh, I want you guys to rate this on a scale from zero to ten. Uh, zero being not disturbing at all. 
just like a kid's movie. Five being uncomfortable, and then ten being near vomiting or actual vomiting. Or uh, disturbing doesn't have to be like a vomiting, but like ultimate disturbed level. Five. Five. Okay. Why? I mean, it wasn't very disturbing. I think it was messed up, but like... There is nothing overtly disturbing about it. Okay. Kyle? I'm going to give it... Hmm. I'm going to give it a solid 6.5. Six. And why? I take it back. Six. Um, Because I agree with Brendan in the sense that like it wasn't extremely unsettling it was just I, I was more thinking like the position they were in rather than the actual acts that were happening i guess so but it was gnarly it's it, it's more than half for sure i'd say it's like a six like if they would have shown the eye removals or the whatever she does to make them not talk that probably would have bumped it up a bit but like not even the gore just like the unsettling scenes of like her being in the tub with her dad petting yeah. a dead body or dancing in front of the dead body like the rotting corpse in the living room yeah. or you know just yeah like i totally get what you're saying there's like very dark shit happening on screen even though it's not like super gory yeah. um Man, I think I just talked myself into a 6.5. No, 7, dude. I'll give it a 7. Hell yeah. Rip it up, Kyle. I'll, I'll give it a 7. I'll give it a 7. I talked myself Hell into that yeah. one. Let's go. What's yours? Uh, it is going to be a 6 for me. I think this is very uncomfortable. Okay. And okay. the fact that she does the same thing to that poor woman, um, that that second part hit me harder than uh, yeah. Yeah. than doing it to Charlie. Even though he did, because he deserved it, but that lady did oh, yeah. nothing. She did absolutely nothing. Well, cool. I enjoyed that segment, and you need to keep track of it. So, do I make a tally? Do yeah, dude, really? dude, get all the You're ratings starting going. A segment, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep track we got to get the ratings going. So that's on an that average thing. of six. Is it? Yes. Okay, so six. So this movie gets a six in the Ian scale of. What was it called? Again? Eyes of my mother. Okay. Not the movie. I'm talking about your oh. segment. <laughs> your segment. <laughs> um, that's up for debate. I, I actually didn't think that. All right. Uh, we'll get we'll get that one down next episode. We'll call it um, Ian's what do we call it? We'll do it. We'll just make it too late. Now. We're gonna move on and you're gonna think about it, and next episode we're gonna hear it. So yeah. now we're getting to, is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? We're going to end every upcoming episode with a segment called, is it fresh or is it rotten? Where I have Brendan and Ian try to guess the freshness of a movie based on the Rotten Tomato scale. And if they get the first question right, if it's fresh or if it's frozen... Then they move on to round two where they can get another point by guessing what the percentage is within seven points. So today we are going to start with our first movie. Are you gentlemen ready? Si, senor. Fertig. 
When Beth Raymond witnesses the death of two friends, she knows there is more at work than just a tragic coincidence. Days before they die, both victims hear their terrifying final moments on cell phones. Though the police think Beth is crazy, Detective Jack Andrews believes her. Together, the pair try to unravel the mystery behind the horrifying messages before their own phone numbers come up. Is it fresh or is it rotten? That's the second time that you've put way too much emphasis on the detective's name in one of these. I copy and paste the synopsis. Did I say it right this time, Brennan? Boom! Yes, yes. So I'm pretty sure it's one missed call. It's so got I'm going to say uh, rotten. Yeah. If it's the American re- it, well, it has. It's the American well, yeah, remake. Because those were American names. So completely rotten at. Hold on. Wait, hold wait, your hold horses on, there, Sparky. <laughs> so the genre is mystery thriller horror. It is One Missed Call 2008, directed by Eric Vallee. That's how I'm going to pronounce his name. And what's the Rotten Tomato score? It is Rotten. It is Rotten. It is Rotten. So you guys both get one point. Next, we're going to go ahead and cover the percentage go. 39. I think it's around there, too. I'm going to go 34. You guys are both incorrect. It has a 0% with 81 critics and 29% with over 50,000 reviews from users. Wow. Number two, once an architect, Frank Bannister now passes himself off as an exorcist of evil spirits. To bolster his facade, he claims his special gift is the result of a car accident that killed his wife. But what he does not count on is more people dying in a small town where he lives. As he tries to piece together the supernatural mystery of these killings, he falls in love with the wife of one of the victims and deals with a crazy FBI agent. Classic. Is it fresh or is it frozen? Frozen. <laughs> frozen. Classic. Frank Bannister. Kind of sounds like Frank Banner, which sounds like Bruce Banner. So this, this is, is the Hulk. This is the Incredible Hulk. Is this no, Ang Lee's Hulk? This is 2003's Hulk. Is it 2000? So yeah, Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say rotten. I'm gonna say, I'm I'm gonna go fresh. I'm gonna go fresh. It is, in fact, fresh at 67. <laughs> percent Oh, you just gave the. Oh, I did. <laughs> And I get the point. No, you don't. No, you don't. He did did guess it before I said the percentage, though. No, he gets the point. He doesn't get the second point. But he guessed the percentage, right? Before I said anything? Well, he guessed fresh, but he didn't guess guess the proper. I I thought he said a percentage. Okay, my bad. So, Ian, you get one point. Yes. That's That's just how it's going down this time. I'm not going to punish Brennan for my mistake. Wow. <laughs> not this time. You're just going to punish right. me. So yes. you get an extra point, or you get one point. Number three. Oh, it's uh, The Frighteners, directed by Peter Jackson. Oh. Yeah. That uh, has, his... um... Michael J. Fox. Michael Freddy J. Fox. Yeah. 
His highest rated movie is The Forgotten Silver at 100%, 1995. What? That's Peter higher Jackson? than Lord of the Rings? That's Peter Jackson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> After a rare comet sighting, teen sisters Regina and Samantha find that they're among the only survivors of a zombie attack. The girls partner with another survivor, Hector. But as they try to avoid the zombies, they're sought by scientists who want to experiment on their bodies in the hope of finding an antidote. Dodging both the doctors and the undead, they keep moving in the hope that they can survive and stay alive. Is it fresh or is it It's frozen. It's frozen? Frozen. Sounds stupid, Um, but I'd watch it. I thought it was Night of the Creeps, but I don't think it is. Um, I have no clue. I'm also going to go rotten. Both go rotten. It is the 1984 movie. You guys are both wrong. It is fresh. Night of the Comet with 79%. Oh, I was so close. I said And 57% with 5K plus user ratings. Directed by Tom Ebenhart. Highest rated movie is, in fact, Nine of the Comet, 1984. That's 79%. <laughs> Final question. Cassidy, Jessica, Ellie, Claire, and Megan are sorority sisters and true blue friends to the end until a prank goes wrong, results in Megan's demise. Rather than risk their futures by reporting the crime, the friends agree to cover it up. Cassidy and company come to regret the decision, and a year later, when somebody begins sending them videos of the night Megan died, they fall victim to a deadly stalker. Oh, I know what this is. Is this... Um, is it fresh or is it frozen? It's frozen. This. It's gotta rotten. be... It's gotta be rotten. It is, in fact, rotten. You guys both move on to the final round. This is... What wait, is the percentage? Wait, wait, wait. Can I guess the title real quick? No. For no points? No. Okay. Because um, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, f- uh, I, I know exactly. I know what the cover of this movie is. I'm going to say 23. I'm going to guess 14. It is, in fact, rotten at 27%. So Brendan gets the extra points. Can I, can I try and guess the title now? Yes. Is it um, Sorority House um, Killer? It is a movie called Sorority Row, 2009. Genre is mystery, thriller, horror, directed by Stuart Hendler. His highest rated movie is, in fact, Sorority Row at 27%. So that being said... um, We're tied, Ian. It's tied again. So (sighs) for the second time in a row, you guys both take the tie. And now you guys are still tied at Ian 2, Brendan 2 for matches 1. Lame. Let's get into the final review and rating of the movie. Um, Ian, what are your last thoughts and what's your review? It's a very, uh, very simple. Hold on, pause it. Go ahead, Mitch. I just realized that the the uh, fresher frozen episode needs to go at the end. Yeah. So I don't know why I went to that next. You're going to have to do some magic on this one, and I apologize. No, I, I, um, like that. I like that. It makes people listen to it. 
Yeah. Because if but people like, if, wanna... pe- if people heard our because nah, it kind of took me out of it to be honest. No, no, yeah. I'm 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 deep in. All right, well then you <laughs> okay. go first then. Well, I'm, okay, I'm we'll four we'll decide after in. this. We'll decide after this. But um, Ian, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Br- Brendan can go first since he has his mind made up. Okay, I'm Brendan. still working on a uh, score. Really. We've been recording for like an hour and a half. <laughs> um, on, yeah, even though this was a movie that I kind of had to make myself watch, it there's many enjoyable aspects of it as a horror film, even though um, I still have, I have questions about it. I'm going to give it a... Uh, uh. 69 you are fucking <laughs> disgusting and i hate you 69 percent no no, oh, no i'm sorry i'm gonna give it a 71 it deserves at least 71? a 70 71 sorry why the last minute change no because it there it, this there's many artistic merits to this film mm-hmm. um but there's just i i think that there there's too many questions that i have personally and again it could just be my headspace that i'm in that there's things i didn't pick up on um sure. and i think that this movie i could see it as an arrow or a criterion release i can see it being a criterion film mm. you're right it's it's too good for arrow <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Ian with two E's. Final thoughts and rating on the movie. Uh, I think the style of this movie lends itself to be a very unique experience and a very unique watch. But I do feel like it's a little overdone and. Though it is only like 74 minutes, yeah, it's it short just feels. As hell it feels pretty drawn out and I either wish it was a little faster or, um, or had more story and was longer, but I don't know. I've I've been teetering with, uh, with either a 79 or an 80. I think I'm going to go to, I think I'm going to go 79 just because, yeah, just because. 79. Write it down, baby. Done Fair it. enough. So, 79 from in with two in. I really, I really vibed with the theme of this movie and um, everything else as far as the black and white, which I think worked for this movie. The shots, whether you want to call them pretentious or not, they were they were well done. And I actually think they were consistent the whole way through. He wasn't just trying to pull off some 360 no-scopes in random parts of the movie. Like It was pretty, pretty consistent throughout. And um, I enjoyed the pace of the movie, and I liked the chapter structure. This movie just made me feel very just down and fucking distraught and it it gave me a lasting impression after the credits rolled for a while and not many movies do that and uh i don't know i really enjoyed this movie 
I'm going to give it a 82%. Can I just say that this movie also has sat with me quite a bit? Cool. Yeah. Uh, watching it a second time, because I've only seen it twice now, um, I definitely changed my thought process on a lot of my theories about so what did, this movie is did, doing. Did you like it more the second time or the first time? I liked it more the second time, but it gave me those distraught, disturbing <laughs> feelings way more the first time. Um, okay. I, I, th I think I, I'm going to watch this the second time when I'm feeling better about life. Cause I think that I, I, th I, I do appreciate and understand the merit of, of this film. Yeah. I think this is a good movie just through and through. It's a good movie. Um, so 83%, but that puts us to an average, 82. or 82, I'm sorry, um, an average of 77% for the eyes of my mother. I would give it a B if it sat with me, um, or if it just clicked, but I don't no, know. That's I kinda, fair. I kind of forgot about it um, after God, I watched it the first time. Zoomers don't have feelings. <laughs> I mean, this is an average of the movie. It's definitely in the B in my heart and my mind. But, um, hey, it's, it's the rating. It's the final rating. So that being said, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the decapitated cow of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Room and on Twitter at Of Red Room. That's O-F Red Room. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. Also, go check out the Patreon. It's only a dollar. You guys can get dope shit for a doll hair. That's less than a cup of coffee. One doll hair from the Child's Play star, Chucky himself. That being Alex said, Vincent. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today, my interrupting brother from another mother... <laughs> We got Brandon. <laughs> that was a weak burp. God, I stay, hate you. Stay safe, <laughs> everyone. I'm, I'm jotting another tally down. Yeah, make him go away, God. <laughs> Do you have any final things to say, Brandon? Um, yeah, I, I hope everyone has a very nice holiday season in that seasonal... Effective depression doesn't make you feel like shit. I second that. Ian, with two E's. Two E's. Double E squared, if you would. I, you know what, I hope you listening, you, I'm talking to you. I hope that you're in your car right now. <laughs> and... You like this cast and you like what you're doing at work. Like you like I hope you like your job today cuz any other day is going to suck. Like it's going to suck. Like work sucks. Your life sucks. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but you know what just have a good day. Stay spooky people.
Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. I learned this today from a female at work that babies breathe water in the womb. Are you fucking serious right now? Yeah. They fucking breathe. They breathe that fetus juice, bro.